Hello, hello, hello. Must be Monday. It is Erica Satoshio with a brand new episode of Practical Biz Podcast. So, you know, as a coach, many times people talk to us about finding, you know, more customers. And I think that we're bombarded with that as business owners, you know, uh, constantly see the media saying, oh, you know, try this program, that program, this method, increase your sales 10 times, 20 times, all of, all of these different um, campaigns that we see that draw our attention to uh, looking for a new customer. So I'm not going to say that looking for a new customer isn't important because of course it is. But I think what we don't talk enough about or don't focus enough on is retaining the current customers that we have. Sometimes the you know leap in sales or the right client who can really propel your business is somebody you're already working with, uh, may already be an existing customer. Um, so I think that is an avenue that many business owners, um, I don't want to say take for granted, but in some cases, you know, you may take for granted, oh, you know, Susie, she loves me. She gave me a five-star review. Um, that's my customer for life. Um, but is she? So I think it's really important that we kind of dial down and think about what really keeps a customer for maybe not life. That might be a, a bit uh, of a stretch, um, although it's one, one thing we can certainly all hope that one day we can obtain, um, but certainly for a great length of time. Um, in the field that I'm in, uh, in child care, you know, typically you may have a customer for three, four years. Uh, if you run a preschool program, you know, maybe five if you get them at infancy um, and they don't leave till graduation, which is, you know, great job, by the way, um, if that is what you're able to obtain in your program. Um, the way that our program is built uh, we have an after-school program that then um, allows for another five years or so of continuous um, uh, time with that customer. So what does that mean? So that means I can you know, potentially have a customer for 10 years if I do my job right. Um, but you can't take those customers for granted. So today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, eight tips that come to my mind on ways to uh, make the most of the customers that you have. I would say the first thing is understanding the value of a customer, of one customer and why that's important. So if you have a happy customer, they may tell on a good day, maybe one uh, person um, and that person tells one person and that gains you, starts to gain you some momentum and following. So we all know that. Unfortunately, an uh, unhappy customer may tell two people or more. And in the world of social media, you know, they could go on, you know, on a, a Facebook rant or Instagram rant, um, you know, about your lack of X, Y, Z. Um, so what does that cost you, right? What does that cost you? Um, it costs you time and money to not only try to resolve that issue with that customer, but also all the eyes that saw that. Um, the other thing too, I think, is that 
when you understand how that one customer can impact your business, um, you start to look at things differently. And each, I don't want to say complaint, but each concern that a customer has, um, you become much more aware and in tune with how am I going to solve that problem? Because uh, ultimately that's, you know, what we are here to do. But let's talk about, I'll make a, a real simple example. So let's say you own a diner and you have this great customer comes in once a week. Uh, let's say it's a business coach and he brings in a client and every week they spend $10 having coffee, which is obviously a pretty small ticket, right? So he comes in that, that, that coach once a week with this same client, $10, 52 weeks is $520. Now, if there would be a way for you to approach that business coach and say, hey, Jim or James, um, I noticed that you come in every Monday with that one client. How often do you take customers out for coffee or clients out for coffee? And what can I do to help you maybe take an opportunity to use our facility a little more frequently? Maybe it's twice twice a week instead of once a week? Um, can I give you special seating? Can I give you some type of a, a discount? Um, so these are the types of ways that you can take that one client and turn that $520 sale a year to $1,040 a year by literally just having that one conversation of one being a partner with that coach and say, you know, you know, I appreciate you using my business and how can I help you as you're building yours? You know, what special thing can I do for you? Um, and let's say that client who comes out for coffee with that coach really loves your coffee and now starts to tell their friends. So let's say that same scenario happens. So now a $520 ticket has turned into 1040 and if you double that, if that other person comes in twice a week without that business coach, you have now turned that relationship into a $2,080 relationship by doing nothing more than having a conversation, putting out that opportunity, seeing how you can better serve that coaching uh, client so that he can better serve his clients. Um, so understanding the value of that one customer that you currently have can just be so uh, beneficial to your business. Uh, one of the things I think is really important to note, WorldStream mentions in their data, <clears throat> excuse me, selling to a new customer, the closing rate on that is between 5 to 20%, as opposed to selling to an existing customer where your chances of closing are 60 to 70% to either increase the sale, add another ticket item. That's hugely different. Um, so right there in the data, it tells you that to increase your profit by 50,000, 60,000, it's the customers you already have, right? It's not finding that new customer, but the customers you already have, you can easily increase that. I would say the other thing is if you're a, a B2B and you do a business to business um, type of uh, sales, you know, there may be opportunities or products that you offer that they may not be aware of, 
or ways that you can give them an advantage over their competitor by using something that you have. Um, and so I think looking at that, taking a minute to write that down and say, you know, gee, am I maximizing the relationships I have now? And maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Um, and if you are, you might want to write down what you are currently doing and how can you expand on that. Once you do that, let's look at what's your retention rate. Do you even know how long you are continuing to keep a customer? Are you tracking it? And if so, how? Are you doing customer surveys? Are you doing phone calls? Are you asking for referrals and testimonials? You know, I'm in the trust business and, you know, not having strong quality referrals and testimonials for a business like mine is, is detrimental if you don't have that. So I'm sure that I'm not the only industry uh, where that matters. Um, and then there are some things when I think about, like I travel a lot and love travel. And the first thing I do before I book any place is I look at the reviews. That would be before I stay at a hotel. Um, that would be before I pick a restaurant, especially if I'm new to the area and don't, um, you know, not familiar and don't know where the best places are to go. You know, reviews are really, are really important. And so just having your customer retention and your customers seeing your praises, that alone sometimes negates the need to advertise and spend more money on areas that you maybe could use that money either to uh, build a new product or even just to put into a loyalty program to really appreciate those folks that are working with you now. Now, it's no secret that providing solid customer experience is important to you know keeping clients. So that's not really a new concept, or is it? So think about the people who work for you. What is that experience, right? You might be the best owner in the world and super professional and super articulate about your products and are able to solve problems very, very quickly. What happens if you're not in your business? Are the people there able to do it um, in a way that uh, follows your values, that are, is what people are used to? when they visit your location, uh, your business. Because um, there's a big difference when you walk in a store and you go to purchase, uh, you know, uh, some flowers at the local you know, floral place. And then you come in next week and the person who's behind the counter is chewing gum and on their cell phone, right? That's a, that's a big difference from when you walk in the first time and somebody's there making a beautiful flower arrangement, asking you lots of questions about, you know, what kinds of flowers and what kinds of colors and what is the occasion and all of those pieces that provided uh, a custom experience. So your people have to be really trained, um, not only trained, but have that same passion and enthusiasm that you have. Now, obviously, an owner may have or will have uh, a, maybe a higher level um, of expertise, as would be expected in a leadership position or a creator of the brand or product itself. Um, so that's why making sure that you spend a good deal of time with training your people and hiring the best people um, 
for your places is just truly uh, no way, no way to duplicate that um, without a lot of time, right? <clears throat> the other thing I think when you when you talk about the people, um, don't be afraid to send a mystery shopper, a mystery caller to your business. Um, don't stick your head in the sand. Like if something's not right, you got to fix it because even if you're not aware of it, the people who are either calling your business or visiting your business are going to be very aware of it and they're not going to come back. So, you know, these are things that are really important around training your people and making sure you get the right, the right ones in place. And then sometimes having those, you know, difficult uh, conversations if it's not the right person or the right fit. Um, and I think, you know, staying true to your brand, your culture, and making sure that you're, you're setting that out when you're doing your um, hiring process. And I know there's many, many industries, including ours, uh, that are in situations where um, the talent pool is small and limited uh, with the number of applicants. But I'm telling you right now, don't just put a body in there because that's going to cost you so much more money um, then you know, right? Uh, you're going to lose customers that have been coming to you for years um, if they start to continue to see bad service. Now, anybody will forgive you for, you know, uh, a slip up here or there, especially if they're typically used to getting um, a good product, a good service, a good experience. Uh, but if it starts to continually happen, um, that's really when you start to start to see a decline in your business. Um, the other thing is looking at your product, looking at your product and making sure is it as good now as it was five years ago? Does it need to be updated? Uh, when you do those customer service uh, questionnaires, what are, what are your current customers saying about your products? How can you make it better? Um, and then are you acting on that? Because sometimes we don't act on that. And then we wonder why sales are declining. And then we start, you know, frantically looking for new customers, which is really not the answer. So looking at your product would be one way to provide solid customer service to make sure you continue to improve, to make sure that you don't become irrelevant, and to make sure that um, you're always innovating and staying ahead of the curve. And the last thing is, um, in, in terms of providing solid customer experience, is the process. How many, how many touch points do you have with the customer? So are you touching base with your customer the first week that they sign on? And most, and most people are, right? Most people are like, you know, gee, thanks. We're really uh, happy that you picked, uh, you know, Johnny's T-shirt factory uh, to make your T-shirts for your business. Um, but are we checking in at day 30? Are we checking in at day 60? Are we checking in at day 90? And not always like for a sale. Not always like, hey, do you need more of those, you know, shirts that you ordered? Maybe it could just be, hey, we tried a new brand. We need tried a new product. We tried a new uh, ink. We tried a new screen print. How um, how did that work out for you? Is it standing up? Um, have there been any problems with the product? Or just like, uh, you know, touching base and saying, hey, I noticed that uh, you have not ordered hats. Um, I don't know if you know that we, uh, with the winter coming up, we do offer hats. Um, would you be interested in adding that to your merchandise line? Um, but it doesn't always have to be a sale. It could just be something as simple as just reaching out to stay at the top of their mind. 
Um, it could be, again, obviously in this scenario, it is a, a B2B situation, but maybe it's even you've got a new product and you give somebody a free demo. You know, hey, we got these new hats in. You know, I'd like to give you one. I custom made one with your business logo on it. I'd like to give this to you. Once you wear it around, give me some feedback on how you like the product. So these are things that are just, you know, give that extra extra customer service and experience. Um, and it goes a long way. And certainly being friendly and being professional and being thorough and, um, you know, treating your customers the way that you want to be treated um, often will help them uh, build that relationship with you. And that's really what keeps people is really the relationship. Um, putting together a loyalty program. So think about that. Do you have something that might be a sneak peek? Um a special limited item only available to XYZ customers or special discounts uh, that um, make somebody feel valued or gifts. I think gifts are a really nice, a nice tip or tidbit, um, especially if you have somebody who comes back to you continually. So let's say for an example, you own a, a paint, a paint party company. Um, and you have a customer that comes out to you, you know, five paint parties in a row at five different places. They're following you around the state. They're a super loyal customer. I don't know what it would cost to, to put together a packet of brushes, uh, maybe 10 bucks. I don't know. Um, you know, about 10 brushes and maybe make a little case that has their name on it and give them, you know, as a gift at, you know, the, the sixth or seventh party that they go to. Um, so that way, when they go, continue to go to your, your paint potties, they have their own brushes, their own custom brushes that came from you or an apron um, that they get to keep maybe with their name embroidered on it. Um, you know, again, this is for your top customer, your customer who um, visits you all the time, brings customers to your place, sings your, your praises on social media. Um, what can you do? Because those people are your golden nuggets, right? So what kind of gift can you give them that also is connected to your brand too, right? Something that is super useful that you know that they will use all the time. If I'm coming to, you know, 10 or 12 paint parties, um, having my own, you know, special VIP uh, member um, apron is going to make me feel important, right? Um, so that's, you know, that's one way. Also exclusive events where, only your best of your best customers uh, get in. Um, and so really, really refining those relationships and connections and not only with those folks, but the people in their circle. Um, and a lot of this will really help you have a continued sales funnel, a continued relationship building strategy um, that uh, will benefit your bottom line. Um, my next tip is be responsive and be, uh, be proactive. So I'm going to say sometimes some of the things I say are going to be starkly against advice that you will see through many, many articles, right? So one of the things is I, I try to be super responsive. So I may get emails on the weekend, although we're closed, um, that I answer, um, if somebody messages me on a holiday, I answer. Um, again, each business is unique and, you know, you'll hear, oh, you know, make the boundaries and, and all of that. 
And there is something to be said for that. But on the, on the flip side of that, being responsive, being proactive, these are things that really help with trust. So if somebody messages me, I message them back. If they call me, I call them promptly back. Um, I certainly, if I'm at work and it's work hours, answer the phone, right? Be responsive. Nobody wants to call a business and get, hit this, dial that, hit this extension. They want a person. How many places do you call and you get that and you just want a person? And you're yelling at the phone saying, God, I just want a person, you know? Uh, everybody hits the, the, the zero for operator, then the worst is what it is. That option is not available. So these are things that I think um, they got to go. They just, they got to go. That these are not ways to build your business. Um, being proactive is if you know that you have ordered some supplies and now they're back ordered and you have a deadline to make. If you know you're not going to make that deadline, be proactive. Don't put it off. Contact that customer. Keep them in the loop. Let them know what's going on. Um, I think that that is critical, um, again, to the trust, right? So that they can better prepare. A lot of times when you're making something for a customer, it's usually for a special occasion, or if it's a business, it's, you know, it's for one of their customers. Um, so be ahead of that. Or you, you've tried a new product and you're starting to get customer concerns or complaints about that product, that it's not going as well as some of your other products. It's not standing the test of time. Then pre, be proactive. Send out an email to all the people that you sold that product to and say, hey, this is what we're finding and here's what we're doing as a company to resolve that issue. Do that before they call you. So these are the things that are going to help you really move move ahead, uh, build that customer retention that is critical, again, to the success of your business. Um, Follow-ups can be also done not just by phone, um, although I do love that personal part. Um, also sending a handwritten note or a handwritten postcard or even a video. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be fun, right? Opening up your email. And for once, you, you don't get a big, long-winded email, but a video, you know? Hey, Tammy, I want to let you know I've been working with you for eight months. I absolutely love helping you design your soap and your, uh, your honey products. I love helping you get them out to uh, retail shops. Um, I love helping you book your beekeeping presentations. Here's what I think we could do in the next three months to help you continue to grow. And, and something like that in a video. I mean, how many people are doing that? So again, this is for your top, your top customers. How can you make them special? Um, and then obviously you want to make every customer special. So how are you working together um, with your team strategically to make sure that your customers are coming back and singing your praises? So those are some of the tips that I have for today's podcast, um, understanding the lifetime value of your customer, knowing what your retention rate is, understanding your math as far as how you can increase sales without increasing customers, providing a solid customer experience, building a loyalty program, being responsive and proactive, and for God's sakes, pick up the phone, call your customers, reach out to your customers, 
any kind of way you can that's going to set you apart. Nobody wants any more emails. Um, that's the worst thing when you start getting, you, you, you know, you, you put your email in on somebody's email list for, you know, a product, a sample, a free thing, and then you get bombarded with emails day after day after day. Um, those start to get to a point where, you know, your customer's hitting unsubscribe, right? So if you are going to use a constant contact or some type of email funnel system, just make sure that you're spreading that out to the point where you're not, um, you're not becoming a nuisance to your customer. You do want to stay at top of mind, but you want to do it in a personal way. You want to do it in a way that builds your brand. So think about that. Like what is, what is your brand and what is the, uh, experience that you want your customer to have, right? If you look at Disney, it was, you know, very obvious to him that everything was about experience. Every detail was about making that Disney experience as magical and wonderful as possible. So it's the same way for your business, whether you're a big business or a small business, how can you make your existing customers love you more than ever, have them sing your praises, have them do testimonials, have them bringing more customers to your spot, and how can you encourage that? So I hope today's uh, tips were some little nuggets for you uh, to think about, uh, to put to, into strategy. Um, again, my name is Erica Sicoccio with Practical Biz Podcast. Uh, we hope that you tune in every Monday. And if you're looking for a little bit more help to make something a little more customized for your business, please visit us at www.stellabusinessconcepts.com. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thanks for tuning in.